Today's readings seem to have a very strong connection between them and I'll try to look at that and see how are they interconnected with each other and what message can we take with us. The first reading gives us a very different picture of the God of the Old Testament. We're so used to hearing or reading about a God who was always angry, a God who wanted to take his revenge out on his people. But this reading seems to give us a little bit of a different picture. We see a God who's willing to love, a God who's willing to save, a God who's willing to care. And that's what we see between Abraham and God and Yahweh. They're having a bargain. They're kind of tussling with each other to see how much can Sodom and Gomorrah be saved. And the Lord wants to save them. He wants to reach out to them. So when we look at a reading like this, the first thing we're able to see is that Sodom and Gomorrah become symbols of a certain brokenness that we can experience when we block ourselves to God. They are blocked and they are blind and therefore they cannot understand God's love in their life. And because of that, they have somehow blocked their way or rather they have blocked themselves from receiving this love. So even though God wants to reach out and save them, they are not aware of that and therefore they are not allowing God to save them. So Sodom and Gomorrah in a way give us a communitarian dimension of brokenness. What happens when a community is so broken that it is totally away from God and it shuts itself completely from receiving God's love? So in other words, when their hearts are closed, Sodom and Gomorrah give us a perspective of what can happen when as a community we negate God and we close ourselves to his love. The second reading in a way gives us the personal dimension of the same brokenness. So when we see Jesus came to save us from our sins or by his death he saved us from our sins, what is the sin that we are looking at? And again, one important dimension here is sin is simply us being blind and blocked to God's love in our life. And that's what Jesus tried to give us. Because the Old Testament gave us a picture of a very vengeful God. You now have Jesus, you now have Jesus coming and saying there is a personal relationship that you are called to share with God. And that's what he was trying to do through his mission. He was trying to break that barrier that people had developed for themselves. Because by the time Jesus came on the scene, they were very broken. The community was so shattered, the community was so wounded, that as a result of which, even the people individually were wounded and were somehow blocked to receiving God's love. And that's what Jesus was trying to crack. That was what Jesus was trying to break. And the Gospel of Luke shows us that in a very, very deep way how Jesus was trying to push those boundaries and break it so that people would have a personal experience of God. And that's what we see through his death. So when Jesus on the cross says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, I like to look at it as Jesus saying, I still love them, Father, for they know not what they do. And therefore, the mission of Jesus was simply to help people realize that they are much more than who they think they were. Because God wants to forgive God wants to love. It's only for us to become aware of where my wounding is so that I can allow God's love to enter into my life. And God can love us because he sees us for who we are and not for what we do. And that's what the people of Sodom and Gomorrah too were struggling with. They were so busy in, with certain things that they thought were helping them, but they were only blocking themselves from receiving God's love. And Jesus wanted people to have an individual experience of that. So now we come to the gospel. So the gospel is, 
if this is the brokenness or this is the state of being that we can find ourselves as a community or personally, what do we need to do to move to the other part, which is moving from a state of being broken and wounded to a state of being in grace? And that's what the gospel is all about. The Our Father is not just a prayer. It's a prayer of surrender, but it is also a medium given to us by Jesus to connect with God, to build up a strong relationship with God and with Jesus. So one line we see over here among the many of the prayer, which is, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. If we really mean what we are praying, trust me, you and I have no chance of receiving forgiveness because it's not that easy. If we had to only say, forgive us our sins, definitely it's a better prayer to say. But to say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those, we're really putting ourselves in hot water in a way because we're putting a kind of a task before God, okay? a condition before God. So the other part of the gospel is, so the first part rather, is about understanding this relationship. How do we build up a strong relationship with God? And one of the biggest concerns that I raise here is that in this brokenness that I've just spoken about, individual brokenness, we can be so broken, so wounded, that we become enemies to ourselves. Our greatest enemy is ourselves because we're continuously fighting with the way we look at ourselves, the way we think of ourselves. And because of that, we are caught in brokenness. And therefore, the, our Father, in a way, is to help us come out of that, to connect ourselves with a God who truly loves us and cares for us. The last part of the gospel, in a way, gives us something a little more different, which is also connected, which is seek and you shall find, ask and you shall receive, and knock and the door shall be opened. But the problem is, this really doesn't happen all the time. Not because it's not meant to happen, it's because we are going at it from a wrong angle. When we take Sodom and Gomorrah as community brokenness and we also experience individual brokenness, what is happening is that we are so lost that we are trying to search for God, we are trying to search for happiness, we are trying to search for joy in the wrong places. So we are asking God for things but we are not getting it and we get angry. We are searching for God in different places and we don't find him and we get angry. To give it to you in a bit of a silly example, Let's take when you ask and you don't receive. It's like saying, you come to the church, light 50 candles and then sit there and pray and say, God, please make Alaska the capital of United States because that is what I wrote in my exam. It doesn't work. You're asking for something, but it's not going to be given to you. So when we are looking at our lives and our relationship with God, it is to how to ask for things that are really of value in our life and that will help us connect with him. Take the other thing, a search and you shall find, or seek and you shall find. Another silly anecdote. A man was walking down the street. He sees his friend under a lamppost and he goes there and he says, what are you doing? He says, I'm searching for my key. So he said, okay, fine, I'll help you find it. So both of them for 45 minutes are down there searching for the key. Then after 45 minutes, he turns around to his friend and says, by the way, where have you lost your key? And he says, I lost my key at my home. So he's saying, if you lost your key at your home, why are you searching for it over here? He said, there's much more light over here. Sometimes in our lives, we are searching in places where we think God's light is showing when it's not really there. 
What we are called to do is to search for him in the places that he is really there and we will find him. And it also means when we say search and you shall find God, a call is to see how much do we really want to find God. Because we can say, I want to find God, I want this, I want that. But if we really don't want it, we will never get it. And finally, when we say knock and the door shall be opened, it's all about an opportunity. The doors represent opportunities in our life. But if there are opportunities that are going to take us away from God, God will definitely not open that door. I do have personal examples in my own life to show me how this is very true. We sometimes have to realize that if the door is not being opened, God has something else in store for us. And when the time comes, he will make us knock on the right door and the door will be open to us. So what we are seeing in this is that we are called to build a right relationship with God. Because when we build a right relationship with God, what happens is we're able to search for him in the right places. We're able to ask for the right things. And above all, we're able to knock on the right door. So maybe the grace we can see or pray for during this Mass is to see how do we make the Our Father part of our lives. In this coming week, how can we take one aspect of the Our Father or that prayer and make it a practical experience in our life? How can we make God's will happen in our life? How can we forgive others the way God forgives us? How can we basically not put ourselves into the test and what are the things we need to do to be in a right relationship with God? Amen.